1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: This is Lewis Hart for Boxing Social in association with Empire Fast and Forged Irish Stout. Delighted to be joined with the challenger, Michaela Meyer. Just before we start this, the elephant in the room needs to be addressed. That that English roast yesterday, I was saying to you off camera, you gotta be, you got to be joking there, surely.
0: I mean... Y- I got it in your country, so you guys got to be joking, (laughs) I'm
2: just kidding. I I I don't know whoever's serving that.
0: It was a cafeteria uh, roast, so I get, everyone sent me pictures on Twitter, I know there's better versions, Um, just chilling a little bit after everyone made fun of my English breakfast that I also got in your country.
2: Um, uh, the, 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 the chefs, whoever's making that you know and these serious words of them but we'll get we'll, we'll get onto the serious stuff um, fighting Natasha Jonas in Liverpool um, another challenge at a world title excited to be in Liverpool fighting for a, a big big fight again.
0: Yeah I'm excited just to be back in the mix of big fights you know that's what I've always wanted for my career and um, you know taking this sort of setback the last year that sucked for me. That's not the type of career that I want and so this is my chance to get back um, on top and have that leverage to make the big fights happen. So I need that belt to do it.
2: With, you, with, your two, with your two comeback fights, in obviously both being one in London, one in Manchester, this one in Liverpool, on away soil, um, is this really what gets you up for it? The sort of the being almost the underdog in a sense from what you haven't been before.
0: This fight, yeah, it inspires me, right? It, this is definitely an inspiring fight, the type of fight I want to be a part of. And I don't really care that I might get booed to death in Liverpool. <laughs> um, it's not going to bother me. It's not going to phase me because I trust in my preparation. And the second I get into that ring and the bell goes off, all this bullshit goes out the window and I'm focused on the strategy.
2: Moving up to 147, um, coming up from super featherweight, um, obviously fighting a, bit, a little bit of lightweight as well, what was the decision for yourself to move up to 147 to fight Jonas?
0: The plan was to move to 135 and fight Katie. But that first fight at 35, I was like okay no this is still a huge cut for me and Katie was unavailable so I was like okay maybe we move to 40 but then Chantel was unavailable and so 47 just seemed like the next the easiest path for me because Jonas was there available she didn't have a schedule already planned out and she just got the belt so luckily she was game and we made it fight made it happen
2: Absolutely. To 147. Um, so many times people have about you know you don't want to have a you know you don't want to be having two fights, you don't want to be having that fight on the scale, then obviously the fight before. Do you feel like you were guilty for that before? You were in training camps you were so focused on making the way and things like that, you're almost having like a fight on the scale before you even had the fight.
0: So no. I think the problem with me dieting down to one thirty was that I had to do it over ten weeks. So I was constantly on a calorie deficit. So here I am running, lifting, sparring, training, and then not really reaping the benefits of all my hard work, right? Because I'm not I'm just continually cutting that muscle and dieting down, dieting down. So I don't really think you were getting the best of me. Um, whereas now it was never the fight that was hard. The fight was easy. The wake up for the fight that was easy. I'd done all the hard work in camp. You know, all the hard work is done in camp. And That was the shitty part. So now I'm enjoying camp a lot more. I can think, I feel like I'm learning, I'm growing, developing, I'm boxing better Um, and refueling so that I can be stronger in the ring.
2: I was going to say that, do you feel like when, you know, for this camps where you're not focused that much on the diet, but you're actually focusing on the boxing, actually the drills, the fundamentals, and, and the game plan much more as opposed to sort of all the diet and the other things that go into it? Your, your mind is a little bit more straighter in a sense.
0: My mind is a lot sharper in the gym, especially sparring. You know, I'm sparring 12 rounds, no problem. Like just 12 three minute rounds of cycling through opponents, like I feel, and I'm still seeing, I'm still like looking and seeing and thinking those whole 12 rounds, so. Um, I feel a lot better and that's just that's just good for my IQ. I feel like my IQ is growing and I'm just outgrowing those two-minute rounds. I don't spar two-minute rounds in the in gym. The, yeah. Talk,
2: talking about the sparring, has it been a lot more heavier sparring, sparring heavier people? Has that been the case for you?
0: Um, not necessarily because I feel like I've always done that. I've always gone up against bigger people. Um, you know, as it gets closer to the fight though, you might have to turn down some of my sparring partners who might be too small because you do want to get used to the heavy, the body heavy body right Um, but for the most part I spar all different sizes girls guys big girls tall girls stocky girls I get a little bit of everything.
2: Absolutely and just the last one from me obviously former opponent yours Alicia Bam did have a failed drugs test a couple months ago now kind of a statement um, about 10 days ago what did you make of the statement have you read much of it what are your initial thoughts of it?
0: I think I had the same thought about that statement that everyone else in the boxing world does.
2: <laughs> Is it, you know, with a fight, like with, with that Baumgartner fight, obviously that being your only blemish on your career, and as frustrating, sort of when m- many people thought you won that fight, do you n- and all the things that have come after it, do you not look at it much? Do you almost look at it as an asterisk that, you no, know, that didn't really happen because of all the factors that went into it?
0: Of what? Sorry.
2: So, with all the factors that, that with Baumgartner now, and everyone did think you won that fight, do you not think of that fight much as a loss anymore, in a sense?
0: I don't think. Um, <laughs> It really changes anything that happened with me. I mean, I think it's more so all on her because now her whole legacy is in question. I mean, was this something she was doing all along? Um, It just leaves her, leaves everything in question and we don't know. So she loses a lot of respect in the the game. But um, as for me, it is what it is. I've moved on past that. Um, I've learned and I've grown from it. And I feel like I'm in a better position now, especially with, being at 147 pounds, and I'm I'm excited. So, uh, you know, I have no regrets. Everything happened the way it did, and I'm fine with it. And I'm happy and moved on.
2: 100, Michaela. Thank you for your time, and all the best on January 20th. Appreciate the time. Thank you.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?